0: Hey Revo, my name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you so much. Uh, For hanging out with us today, you are catching the very last Sunday of uh, this series that we've been in called Body Parts. We're learning how uh, God has orchestrated individuals just like you and me to come and be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. We're better together. We are taking the gifts and talents that we have and we're getting together as a church, moving in the same direction, trying to accomplish the mission of God. And the team that we're on uh, today is called the body, the, the bride of Christ, the church that he has. Now, uh, if you haven't been here in the last couple of weeks, uh, you, you didn't hear me say this, but like I'm a huge sports fan, and so I just, I'm just going to have to ask your forgiveness, because I'm so jacked up that college football is back, so Pumped about that that like all of my illustrations from now until the end of December are going to be about sports. Okay, so just like bear with me, but I began to think about what was going on yesterday uh, on a Saturday in in America. College football is happening. You guys probably have your favorite teams, but there are so many different levels of, I guess I'd call it fandom that goes on um, in, in sports and, and in college football. I'll give you some examples. The, the first level would be a, a spectator. This is the this is the bottom level. Um, this is how I am with Wake Forest, okay? When, when I moved into town to Winston-Salem five years ago, everybody told me, you are now a Wake Forest fan, okay? You live here. This is the team that you pull for, and so like, by default, I'm a Wake Forest fan. Now, I can't tell you anything about Wake Forest. I know where the stadium is, but I can't tell you who the Coach is. I can't tell you who the quarterback is. I don't know. Did we play yesterday? Did we win? Does anybody know? You, you guys are a bunch of spectators, too, right? So, right, like, I, I can't tell you who they're going to play next week. Uh, I, like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the out. A spectator is on the outside looking in. They're not connected. They don't have any interest, like vested interest in it. They don't really follow the team or the, the sport or whatever it is. So, on the very outside, you're unengaged, unattached. You are an observer. And that's how I am with Wake Forest football. Now, on the other hand, the next level from spectator is a fan. Now, a true fan is a little bit more engaged. I mean, they're digging it, right? They like it. I'm a Florida State fan. I've been a a Florida State fan all my life. It's pretty easy to do that considering they've won three championships in the last two decades but uh, I was before that I was on I was on board and so I, I can tell you who the coach's name is I can tell you the quarterback I can tell you that we're 2-0 and this year and dominating not usually one to brag but I know the best players I can tell you the last three championships we've won I used to go to the homecoming games was when I was in college and I had a, a jersey that I would wear some years I had a shirt that I would wear to the games I had paint that I would wear to the games when I would not wear the jersey or the shirt and so like I was into it right I was I was a fan I was I had a little bit more vested interest I really liked it I followed it I was connected with it but in the midst of the last three championships that we've won I've noticed something about Florida State fans and really it's about every fan that when they win the championship game uh, they like to do and say something it's a universal sign of a winner and and you guys have probably seen it before we like to put our our finger in the air and we like to tell people we're number one Right? When your team wins, we like to say, Woo! We are number one! We are the champions! Nobody can beat us! You don't want none of this! And and like, especially if you go to the game, the camera pans out into the audience and everybody's like, We're number one! Even if they're like not even ranked, they'll do like we're number one, we won this game. And when I see that, like I get it, I'm a fan, but like, I want to clarify something. As a fan, you are not number one, okay? <laughs> like, we are not number one. They are number one. Like, we didn't do anything. You bought a ticket and a jersey. That's all you did. You didn't go to practice. You didn't catch a ball. You didn't throw it. You didn't do anything to be number one. We are not number one. They are number one, right? So what's the third level? You got a, a spectator, you got a fan, and then you got the they. You got the players, right? I mean, the players are the ones that actually go out and accomplish the mission of the team. The players are the ones that show up early and stay late. The players are the ones that are on board with the mission. They're the ones that are coming together to accomplish the mission, whether that's a, an ACC championship or a national championship or a certain ranking. They're the ones that are putting in the time and effort while the spectators watch and the fans simply cheer them on. Now in sports, in order to move from a fan to a player, from spectator fan to player, it takes talent, right? It takes ability. The reason why you're a fan and not a player is because you're terrible at whatever sport you're pulling for, right? Like you're not good enough to be a player. You'd be in the NFL or you'd play college somewhere, but the fact is you're not good enough. You can only move up in that area uh, in, in the sports world if you have certain abilities. But the church is unique. The church is a team. The church has spectators in it. The church has fans of it, and the church has players. You may be a spectator here today, and occasionally you come. You're not really engaged. You're not attached to Revo Church. But when the weather is good, or not too good, but good, like it needs to be in the middle, because if it's too good, you're not going to come. But if it's too bad, you're not going to come, so it's got to be perfect. Like These spectators will come in, and they just observe. They just kind of sit back while everybody else does their thing. They don't really know everything that's going on. They're not involved in the intricacies of it. They can't tell you all the, the stats and what God is doing here, but they're, they're spectators, and so they're kind of on the outside. Now, the next one is a fan. There are a lot of fans uh, of our church. You come in, and you and you cheer at what's going on, and you, you, you know who I am, and you know who some of the band is, and, and maybe you know what our mission statement is. You know where we meet, obviously, and maybe you've uh, checked out the website and looked at what we believe, and so you're, you're kind of tracking on it, but I gotta warn you, just like football fans, you cannot say, like when we stand up here and say hey somebody gave their life to Jesus let's all clap and cheer Like when we say hey because of your generosity we were able to meet needs all over the city because of your selfless sacrificial service we were able to to serve someone in the community and make Jesus' name famous like a lot of people will be like yeah we did it we're number one no 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 we're not one more I'm number one like the players are number one The, the fans are not number one right because there are fewer people A part of our church that are actually players. They are the ones that get their hands dirty. They are the ones that show up early and stay late. They are the ones that give sacrificially so that we can meet needs in the city. They are the ones that give of their time. They're not just on the outside looking in. They're not just pulling for the team. They are the team. They are the players and the team of God is called the body. It's called the church. And so as we as we think about this and as we talk about this, which one are you this morning? Are you a a spectator of, of God's team? Are you a fan of God's team? Are you actually a player? Are you actually following him? And, and here's the cool thing about, about the church. Uh, unlike the team, remember, if you're on a sports team, talent is what moves you from spectator to fan to player. But in the church, it's a, it's a little bit unique. You can move forward in the church. You don't have to have talent. You don't have to have abilities. You don't have to look pretty. Like You don't have to have some supernatural amount of money or a lot of influence in order to be a part of this. It takes one thing for someone to move forward from spectator to fan to player on God's team. One word, commitment. Commitment. It doesn't matter about all that other stuff. If you are willing to commit to be on God's team, then you're in. You are a part of the body. Like there are certain things, like in sports, I, I love to be a basketball player, right? But here's the deal. No matter how committed I am to that, I'll never make it. You want to know why? Because I'm short. I'll never make it, my abilities aren't there, have you ever heard of Muggsy Bugs? Do I look like Mugsy Bugs to you? Come on now, let's, let's come on back to reality. But in the church, hey, listen to this, everybody is a somebody in this body. I just rapped. <laughs> everybody is a somebody in this body. And the one thing that makes you a somebody in this body is are you willing to commit? The only thing that'll keep you from being a player and a member of this team is an inability and unwillingness to commit to the mission and the vision that God has called people to through the setting of the local church. See, commitment moves you from a consumer to a contributor, commitment moves you from sitting to serving. Commitment moves you from stagnation to actually seeing spiritual growth in your life. So let me ask you this. Are you willing to commit to the team? Are you willing to move from being a fan to being a player? Are you willing to move from being maybe a spectator that has been here a couple of weeks or a couple of months and kind of been on the outside just checking it out? Are you willing to move to the next level? and join this team. Again, it's not about ability. It's not about what you know. It's not about how smart or pretty you are. It's about our willingness to say, all right, Jesus, I'm willing to commit to your mission. I'm willing to commit to be on your team. Jesus often spoke about this commitment specifically to his 12 disciples. He had 12 followers during his ministry. If you have your Bible, let's do Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to start reading in verse 13. And Jesus began to realize something. He began to look around and realize that there were a lot of spectators that he was seeing of his ministry. People that were just on the outside looking in really didn't know who he was, really didn't know what he stood for. There were a lot of fans around Jesus. They would cheer when he would do miracles. They were excited when he turned one sandwich into enough food to feed 5,000 people. Like they they were tracking with it a little bit, but they weren't contributing. They were just following Jesus and and trying to figure out what he was all about. But then there were the players, the followers the disciples and here in Matthew 16 verse 13 Jesus turns to his disciples these 12 players in his ministry it says now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples the players who do people say that the son of man is Who do people say that I am? And and they said, Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. And others Jeremiah or maybe one of the prophets. And he he said to them this, "But, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, Always the first one to speak up. He replied, You are the Christ, The Son of the living God. And Jesus goes, Ding, 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 ding. You got it. As a paraphrase of verse 17. Verse 18, he continues with this. He says, And I tell you, You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. They shall not prevail against it. That's it. Jesus looks at the fans, he looks at the spectators, and he looks at the players, and he says, Hey, who do you say that I am? Who is Jesus? Now That's going to determine your level of commitment, the way you answer that question. If Jesus is just some random prophet like Jeremiah or one of the other ones, then there's no commitment involved with that. If Jesus is just a good guy that lived a good life a long time ago, then that, that is no commitment. But when you make a statement like Peter said, when he says you are the Christ, the Son of God, that's commitment. That's saying something about Jesus. Because when Jesus is the Christ, when he's the Savior, guess who's not? You. That involves commitment. That involves saying, if you're God, then that means I'm not. If you are the one that I'm supposed to follow, then that means you are. If you are the Christ, if you are the Son of God, then that totally revamps our life. It revamps our relationships, our finances, how we spend our time, how we treat people, our attitudes, our actions, the whole thing. When Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, like Peter says, then your commitment level goes up your commitment level to Jesus, you can't be a fan and say that Jesus is Lord. You can't just be a spectator and say, he is the son of God. He is the Christ. The church is what he says. He says, listen to this. He says, on this declaration, on this rock, he's not talking about Peter, he's talking about what you just said. When you say that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, on that declaration, I will grow my church. Right here, was 12 people. There are billions of people in the world today that are worshiping Jesus right now. Was Jesus right? On this proclamation, I will build my church. It says when you commit to this, then explosion happens. When you commit to me being the savior of your life, me being Lord, me being God, and you move from spectator to fan to actually player and team member and part of the body, that, that changes everything. That is when we come together as a team and start moving in the same direction to accomplish the mission and the vision of God. And I love what Jesus says this. He says this, when you do that, when you commit to be on this team, let me tell you something. Even the gates of hell will not be able to stop you in the church. Even the gates of hell cannot stop what God wants to do through the church. He's making a bold statement here. Did you know Satan can't stop you? Jesus says, even the gates of hell will never stop the church. So that means two things. Satan can't stop the church. Number two, God won't stop the church. There's actually only one thing that can stop the church today. You know what that is? It's you. It's you and me. When the church hears the mission and the vision of God, and we are unwilling to commit to Him, then we stop ourselves. When we're unwilling to be players, when we say, nah, God, I'm not going to follow you, I'm not going to do what you say, I'm I'm not going to be on your team, I'm not going to work towards your mission, then the church, this body, this team, comes to a screeching halt. Satan can't stop it. God won't stop it. The only people that can stop the church is the church itself. God promises to empower us. God promises to equip us. God even promises there's nothing like you can run as fast and hard as you want to. There is nothing that is going to stop the mission that I've given you. Jesus put us here in this city to dominate this area with the gospel. He wants to use the light to shine, the church to shine a light in the darkness. He wants to send us out to a hurting and broken city to reach those that are far from him. And the only thing that will stop us is when we say no. The only thing that will keep the church from moving forward is when the church says, I won't follow. Are you following Jesus? Who do you say he is? Are you willing to commit this morning? There's two things that I want to leave you with as we kind of close this series out. Two things that I just, as we talk about what it really means to be a follower. When he looked at Peter and said, who am I? Who do you say that I am? And the question that you answer today, your response is going to determine your level of commitment. They go go hand in hand. So here's the the first thing that I I want to leave you with as a part of this body parts series. You've heard me say this before, I'm going to say it again. Followers follow. If you're taking notes, write that down. Number one followers follow. Simple. You're not a follower of anything if you're not following that person. Are you a follower? Are you following Jesus? Are you a player? or Are you merely a spectator or a fan? In Matthew chapter four, uh, we see another story of when Jesus talks to his disciples again. And in 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 Matthew chapter four, verse eighteen, this is what Jesus says. He's calling his very first disciples. He issues this challenge to the, to the very first two people that he talks to in his ministry. He says, do you want to follow me? Do you want to be a player on this team? So Jesus picks these two guys up. In verse 18 of Matthew 4, he says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. And what were they doing? Casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come and join the team. Do you want to be on this mission? Do you want to be moving in the same direction with me with this message? And In verse 20 it says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. There's so many many good things in this text to think about. But as followers follow, as you wrestle with that, let me show you what what, one of the biggest barriers it is to people actually following Jesus this morning. It's this. To follow Jesus, you have to stop following what you're following now. If you're going to follow Jesus, you have to stop following what you are following now. You can't follow two people. You can't follow two things because eventually there will be a fork in the road and one will go this way and one will go the other way. And you got to choose who will you follow. The biggest hurdle to people following Jesus is they're not willing to stop following what they're following now. So many fans and spectators never move to be a player because they cannot commit to follow Jesus instead of whatever they're following now. They'll spectate, they'll be a fan of the church, but they'll never really be a part of the body. They'll never move to being a player because we're so busy trying to follow something else. I love Jesus saying this. He says, right now you're a fisher of fish, right? But here's what I want to do. I want to make you a fisher of men. It's a life change. Here's what Peter and Andrew didn't say it would have been impossible for those two men to look at Jesus and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. But you know what, I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to stay in my boat. And I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to continue to cast the net. And I'm going to follow you, but I'm going to follow you as long as I can still follow the fish. As long as I can still throw out the nets. As long as I can still go to my job and still hang out with who I want to hang out with and still do what I want to do and still say what I want to say and still like use my time and my money and, and my resources and, and my talents. And I want to use my abilities and giftings the way I want to. But So I'm going to follow all those things. But Jesus, I'll follow you as long as I can follow all those other things. It doesn't work. There had to be a time where those men with the nets in their hands were confronted with a question. You can either follow Jesus or you can follow this net. You can either follow your your, your career or your money or your passions or you can follow Jesus. But Jesus says you cannot do both. Followers follow. But too many times we say, Jesus, I'm with you. As long as it doesn't cost me anything. <laughs> as long as I don't have to do anything. As long as I don't have to say anything. As long as I don't have to sacrifice. I'm going to follow you, but I don't want to commit. I don't want to have to give of myself for anything that I have. Like I just, I don't want to do that. But if I can be a follower of you and still follow and chase all these other things, then I'm in. It was impossible for these men to do that. They either had to stay in the boat and continue to cast the net to catch the fish. Or they had to stop following that. To start following Jesus. I'll make you fishers of men, Jesus said, not just fishers of fish. In verse 20, that's the second thing I want, that I don't want to point out for this is, I love that word, like, immediately. Let me, let me hear you say immediately. immediately. Let me see if you didn't say that again. That was weak sauce. One, two, three. Immediately. 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 You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say Andrew said, hey, uh, God, let me go home and pray about this. Let me think through this. Um, God, I will do it later, now is not the day, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. We're in the middle of a good fishing season right now, I'm making bank on these fish. When it gets cold and I don't want to be out here on the water anymore, then, then I will follow you. No, know, Scripture says, immediately they drop their nets to follow Jesus. Every week here on stage you'll hear either me or one of our staff or volunteers stand up and say, "Hey, we would love for you to take your next step this morning." Everyone has a next step to take that's in here, and so we want to help you take your next step, whether that's your first step or your 100th step. Maybe your step this morning is to give your life to Jesus and commit to him for the very first time. Great. We want to help you do that. Maybe your commitment this morning is is to say yes to Jesus and take your next step and, and be generous with your time by serving or we be, be are obedient with your finances by giving towards the mission of the church or or to come and be a part of something that God's doing to to join in a group of community and an our group that grows deep and moves forward together I, I don't know what your next step is but you hear us constantly say this Hit, take your next step take your next step and I would and I would argue that everyone in here knows what their next step is right you're thinking about it right now Like, uh, your next step, your next step. And every Sunday, every time somebody says next step, you think about, you know exactly what your next step is. It's my next step. But here's what happens. We, uh, me, and everybody else in here, we begin to make excuses. Uh, God, I'll do it next week. Like, I know, I know that I should be on this team. I know I should be part of the body. I know that I should commit my life to Jesus in, in these various ways, but I'll do it next week. I'll get back, i got to rush out of here. I don't have time to stop by the connections desk and sign up for anything. I'll do it next week. And then next week turns into next month, and next month turns into next year, and we've had people that have been attending Revo for years that are still just fans. They're still spectators on the outside looking in. This morning, today, right now, is your time to commit. Jesus is issuing you a question. Are you going to follow me? And we can either push it off and make excuses, or immediately we can drop our nets and follow Jesus. Followers follow. What's keeping you from taking your next step? What's keeping you from committing? Not next week, not next month, not once school gets started and everything pans out. Like What's keeping you from committing to this team today? Thankfully, these disciples looked at Jesus, and immediately they took the next step today. Commit today to be a part of the body and move from being just a fan to more of a player. Put down the net and come and follow me, is what Jesus said. Followers follow. If you're going to be a part of the body, we're all following Jesus together. The second thing I want to leave with you is this. This is the last thing from the Body Parts series, but I really want to challenge you on this. I hope it challenges you like it challenged me. But here's the deal. Followers help others Follow. Followers help other people follow. The very last words recorded in the book of Matthew are the Great Commission. You're probably familiar with it if you've been to church before. But this is it. This is the mission. This is what Jesus calls his body to do. And in verse 19 it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples. Did you catch that command? Make disciples disciples. Jesus didn't say, go and be a disciple. He doesn't say, go and think about disciples. He doesn't say, go and kind of talk about disciples it doesn't say go and study about disciples it doesn't say go and maybe one day possibly if it's good timing commit or at least think to committing to thinking about being a disciple or meeting a disciple or connecting with a disciple or looking up what the word disciple means on the internet no it says make disciples followers help other people follow and there's a there's a tragedy behind this The vast majority of people that are in churches today in America have never led one person to an impacted life in Christ. The majority of people cannot look back on their life and say, yep, that's one person that knows Christ because of me. That's one person that I shared my story with them and I was able to lead them into a relationship with Jesus. Vast majority of people have never helped someone else follow. Guys, this isn't a guilt trip. This is a wake-up call. This is what the church does. Disciples and followers help other people follow. They help other people commit to being players on this team. And, And you and me, we all make these excuses when it comes to this well, I don't know enough. I don't know what I would say. What if they don't like it? What if, what if, they, don't, what if they respond poorly? Like, I didn't go to seminary. I've I never been trained in this. I don't know a lot of the Bible. Let, let, me, let, me, let me encourage you on this, man. Let me, let me put it on the, on the bottom shelf. This is the, the easiest way that I can explain it. When you help other people follow, this is all you're doing. You are one beggar showing another beggar where to find the bread. You got the bread. You found it. We're not asking you to write a thesis on it. Just point people to the bread. Help other people find the bread. There's beggars in this city that don't have bread. They don't know who Jesus is, and you found it. That's all it is. Followers helping others follow is one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread. And I know what you're thinking. I've thought the same things before. Like, I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't have like a rehearsed thing. I don't have like a mini sermon that I can tell people. Like, do you just walk up to him one day and like slap him with a Bible or hand him a track or say, Do you want to give your life to Jesus? Or if you don't turn, you're going to burn. I wouldn't say that. Don't do that one. That's weird. Here's what I say. Let me, let me give you this. I may not know everything, but I do know something. I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. I was deaf, and now I hear. I was dead, and now I'm alive. I was old, and now I'm new. I was broken, and now I'm together. I was outside, and now I'm inside. I was just riddled with sin, and now I'm saved. I was separated from God, and now I'm a player on the team. Come on. I used to be a fan. I used to be a spectator, but because of a commitment that I made with Jesus, now I am a player. I used to be a fisher of of fish, but now I'm a fisher of men. It's your story, man. You can't mess it up. Who is Jesus? Because he's Lord and Savior, then your commitment level just went way up. Your ability to stand on the sidelines and be a fan or a spectator does not exist anymore. Let me leave you with this. The the, the passage there in Matthew 16, Jesus uses this powerful language. He says, if you'll commit this morning, if you'll commit to being a part of this body and being on this team, the very gates of hell will not be able to prevail against you. you. You cannot be stopped with that. Now, some people will read that, and they'll think that, like, here's the church. Here is the body. We're in here in, in culture and the world and secularism. They're just, they're just beating down on the church. Like, they're just knocking down the doors, and the church is going to stand firm. It won't be bulldozed. Like, it, it won't be overtaken. The church will always be there. And, and there's this idea behind that of, of defense, right? Nothing will be able to get to us. Nothing will be able to tear us down. See, defense is not what Jesus is doing talking about here. Now, no, Jesus doesn't send the church into a city to huddle in a building and and lock the doors and bar the windows so that no one gets in. No, Jesus puts the church in the city not so that we can play defense, but so that we can play offense. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Like we take the light and we charge towards the darkness we don't run away from the darkness i ain't scared right like we run towards the darkness we take the light to penetrate and alleviate the power of the darkness we are on offense do you understand what i'm saying jesus said i will send you out with my message and nothing will be able to stop you we are on the offense here's the deal we already won guys we're on the winning team jesus has already won you know what we're doing right now we're running up the score. We're put here in this city to charge the darkness and everyone that is far from God coming into a relationship with him. We are not here to play defense. We are running up the score. Your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers that are far from God and in darkness, they need to put a mouthpiece in because the light is coming. The church was put here in order to reach people. Not defense, offense. Man, I am ready to storm the gates. Do you understand? This body is my moving forward. We are not pulling back. God did not put us here just to take up space and be a holy huddle until he returns. He put us in the middle of the darkness and said your light will shine brightest when you're in the middle of the darkness. Now go out into the darkness. We won. When you joined this team, you joined a winning team. When you're a part of this body, we already won the battle. Jesus says nothing will stop you commit today and nothing will stop his church nothing will stop the light from penetrating the darkness listen revo with your commitment jesus promises that we are unstoppable unstoppable the church in this city is unstoppable we're in this city to change the game to charge the darkness and to run up the score love this song that we're going to sing later it says the strife is over the war is over it is done the victory of life is won the song of triumph has begun hallelujah we won we're running up the score we're we're being unsportsmanlike in the fourth quarter just running up the score satan is defeated he cannot stop you he cannot stop the church And when we sing a song like that, it's acknowledging to God. The strife is over. The war is done. We're not losing. We are running up the score. The day is dawned and death is slain. The king of kings will always reign. Jesus has won the war. The strife is over. The strife is over. The strife is over. It's done. When you sing that, man, you need to be filled with some boldness that Jesus says, hey, when you're on my team, you are unstoppable. When you're a part of this body, then not even the gates of hell will be able to contain the power of the gospel. Not even the darkest of darkness will be able to stop the light from penetrating and bringing people that are far from God into a relationship with him. Hey, body, your commitment makes you unstoppable. You getting on the team of Jesus and moving forward in the same direction as a part of this team makes you unstoppable. Hey, as your pastor, I'm ready to storm the gates. I'm ready to see what God can do with a church that says we will fully commit to you and take the light to the darkest places. I'm willing to see how unstoppable we are by saying, God, I'll move from being a spectator to a fan to being a player on this team for your glory. The strife is over. It is done. The victory of life is won. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.